listeners, and welcome to Project Understory, a nonfiction storytelling podcast that delves into the deeper meaning of nature experiences. Does your love for the outdoors resonate in your bones? So does ours. We are storytellers, students, and teachers connected to the Central Wisconsin Environmental Station. We are meaning makers, seeking to understand the world and ourselves better through the dappled shade of a balsam fir or the haunting call of a loon across a lake. Here, you can hear our stories of adventure and contemplation, and perhaps discover your own understory. My name is Jenica Skaub, and I was a SWES graduate student from 2011 to 13. My story is called Chasing the Grosbeak. In March of 2020, shortly after my daughter, Marion, turned two, and shortly after the arrival of COVID-19 in Wisconsin, Marion and I were going for a walk in our neighborhood. She was still small enough to ride in one of those baby backpack carriers, and there was still snow on the ground. Marion had been getting interested in birds that winter, and we were looking for cardinals and robins in the early spring, whatever we could find. We started walking through our neighborhood park, and high up in one of the trees, think it was a cottonwood tree, we saw a rose-breasted grosbeak. I don't see many rose-breasted grosbeaks in Madison, <laughs> so I decided that we needed to get a closer look. But as soon as I got Marion's attention, the grosbeak flew away to a tree further away and higher up in the park. I made a split-second decision that we were going to chase it. So I said, Marion, let's run. And I took off as fast as I could manage with a two-year-old in a backpack. She bounced and bounced and laughed and laughed. And we found that gross beak and we got a good look. A year later, Marion still remembers, and she doesn't have many memories that last that long, chasing that gross beak. Every once in a while, especially when we're looking at pictures of birds, she'll say, gross beak, mama chase. <laughs> and I laugh. Throughout that whole winter, spring and summer, as Marion's vocabulary grew, so did her fascination with birds. She started with classic kids' favorites well before the gross beak encounter. As Canada geese were flying over our house in the late fall, she would look up and say in her two-year-old voice, Geesh! As winter came on and we started seeing more cardinals in the snow, she would look around and say, Red card! Red card! <laughs> As spring came, we were out at our garden, which is located at an apple orchard near Madison, we saw on one occasion a bald eagle. My husband and I were very excited, so we pointed it out to her. And she named them Bald E, Bald E. 
There were a lot of crows in Madison that got honored as bald eagles later that spring. When COVID hit, birding together with Marion became a way to escape. We escaped the house, we escaped the news, we escaped the heaviness of the whole winter. Cabin fever is kind of what drew me out. Marion's enthusiasm drew me in. As an environmental educator, I really appreciated birds, but I was not good at keeping track of them. I knew a few types, but um, I often didn't pay enough attention to really notice or keep a bird list. But once Marion got interested, I started learning birds and noticing them everywhere, just so I could point them out to her. Um, her enthusiasm really got me going in a way that I never had before. We would walk around other streets in our neighborhood and follow woodpecker sounds whenever we heard them. We would change our whole direction of our walk just to follow a woodpecker, <laughs> see if we could get a glimpse. As a two-year-old, she could name several different kinds of woodpeckers, <laughs> and I used to call it a party trick. Um, when May hit, the loons pass through Madison and take a stop on Lake Monona. I see them every year and I always notice them, but this year I was excited to take Marion to the lake just to look at the loons. We had seen a couple. She knew what they were. We went out one day and I said, Marion, let's go look for loons. So, so we went to the lake and we didn't see any close to the shore like we had the last time. I could see some out in the middle. Um, at this point, Marion's vocabulary wasn't very large yet. She knew a few words, but her language was pretty slow in coming on. So when we looked out at the lake, I said, Marion, look, there's a loon out there, but it's a tiny dot. <laughs> For weeks after that, she would tell people the story about loon, loon, she would say tiny dot. Birds seemed to draw out her words before other things could. She once saw a house wren, one of the um, smaller birds that we see around here, other than warblers, and, and we watched it for a while in a tree near our house. Um, we came home and throughout the rest of that afternoon, she announced house wren, house wren, house wren to everyone we met. One time we were standing in the front of our house and we happened upon a red-tailed hawk sitting in the front yard of our neighbor's house. My neighbor Susie, who I didn't know very well, was in her house and didn't see it. We watched for several minutes while the hawk walked around her yard and then waved at her through the window, pointed to the hawk, and I have never seen anyone's face look so surprised. Marion learned more words with that encounter. She told the people the story of the big, big beak and big, big wings that she saw that day. I found an old copy of Birds of Wisconsin, which we fondly call the Big Bird Book to this day. 
we read it at Marion's request at bedtime, in the bathroom, whenever she needed a little bit of comfort. That was our go-to book. In fact, it started to give me comfort as I learned which birds were located on which pages she would request to see different birds that she favored at that time. We would look through the book for these favorites or sometimes just turn the pages one by one and name all the birds. Marion's grandma and grandpa, after a while, started asking her to identify birds for them or if they got something wrong, she would correct them. <laughs> In March of 2021, just a few months ago, almost a full year after COVID started, we found a pair of barred owls um, during the day, pretty close to our backyard. We would see them in the spruce tree behind our house, or sometimes overlooking the creek that flows through our neighborhood. This was the first time I had ever seen owls during the day, the first time I ever got a close look at them. And obviously Marion's first time too. We had neighbors stop by, walk by our house for the next couple of weeks, just looking to get a glimpse of the owls. We started a lot of conversations and met quite a few people because of those owls. I learned because of Google that the owls were probably coming out during the day because they were desperate for food, which made me a little sad. But I thought, well, we're desperate for spring and we'll be okay. Hopefully those owls will be okay too. We were also pretty desperate for connections to other people and the owls really helped facilitate that. Marianne spread the news of the owls to as many neighbors as we met, and I feel like she made a lot of friends for us. It felt like our year of birding was starting to spread beyond the borders of our family. We kind of needed that collective point of fascination to draw us out, to draw us together, after a winter that felt so lonely and so isolated. Since then, Marion's enthusiasm for bird has waned a little bit. We don't go out birding every day. We don't always follow woodpecker sounds through the neighborhood. We don't read the big bird book every day or stop every time we see a robin. But her year of first-time bird sightings really taught me to take what seems commonplace in nature, to not take it for granted. There's, there's always something going on, something to notice. It's become easier to put on my two-year-old glasses for a moment, and perhaps to find other people in those moments, too. This has been a production of Project Understory, 
A special thanks to Create Portage County in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Check them out at createportagecounty.org for their many resources available to local artists and creatives. We hope we entertained and inspired you today to encounter nature in new